0: A world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel.
1: Greetings, students, and welcome to this special episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Southern California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where we come as a community in order to discuss more. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach us on a variety of different social media platforms, starting, of course, with our website, which is at theprofessortravel.com, on YouTube, on Facebook, and now on TikTok, you can reach me at theprofessortravel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're a Twitterer, you can find me on Twitter at the Professor Travel, or um, excuse me, at the Professor TR1. So strike that. It's the Professor TR1. And then finally, if you are a blogger, you can find me on BlogSpot at the Today our visiting professors are two of my favorite people from the state of Florida. This is Matt Allen and Kimber Schaefer. How are you guys doing from over at Fantastic Cruising?
2: Doing good. Great. Awesome.
1: How are Thank you, you doing guys. Doing Oh, I'm doing great. We're a little bit cold and windy over here in Southern California right now, but... um,
2: It's uh, it's 79 here.
1: (laughs) Whatever. Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah, we're we're dealing in the low 60s right now and a little bit breezy, so... But I woke up this morning, it was 48 degrees, so yay on that. Um, So, in order for uh, my students who may have not heard from you guys before, um, can you maybe go over a little bit about your credentials, either some of your educational background or maybe a couple places that you've traveled before?
2: Go ahead. Okay. So, my name is Matt, and and, uh, I'm half of the the dynamic duo here. Um, Let's see, where to start? I I am. When you say what's your education? Well, I. When you say the word education, I think well, that's what I do. I'm an educator. I I work at the aquarium here in Tampa, and I teach people about marine life and just science in general, but mostly animal-based things. And which is why I love to travel. And well, one of the reasons. I love to travel, especially throughout the Caribbean where I get to see most of my favorite animals, which usually have scales, whether they be reptiles or fish. So, and, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about what we do. What we do? What, we, what do we do? Well, we, we cruise. Well, we try. <laughs> well. Hey, maybe, maybe cruising will be back. We will cruise. Soon, very soon.
3: Yeah. Um, so soon. my background is... Um, I, I sort of have an education background when I was in school. Um, I was in like tourism and hospitality. That was what I was going for. I did not complete it, but that's okay because that's what I'm still doing. I also work at the aquarium here in Tampa. Um, I, I book things, so I'm, I'm right there. I'm doing what I was supposed to do. I just don't have a piece of paper to show for it. Um, I also love to travel. There's a bug. Sorry. Uh, <laughs>
2: That's okay. It's <laughs> not part of her no. CV or anything. Um,
3: yeah, so we cruise. I love the creatures as well. Yeah. In fact, you guys have two scaly little guys at
1: your house, don't you? We have three. You have three. I know about Zilly and I know about, oh, um, Luna. and yes,
3: we also have the Janet.
1: other Guinness, Guinness is the other one I'm forgetting about. Okay, <laughs> okay. And um, about how many cruises do you think you guys have been on? I mean, separate. Like, I know, you, like, I think, Kimbra, you don't have as many cruises as Matt under your belt, but
3: yeah, I only have five. Only, um,
1: only five. O- okay, only
3: five. I mean, I've been cruising since 2016, so That's five is awesome. a pretty good number for it's that. It's
1: fantastic. Yeah.
3: Hopefully, by the end of this year, I can add two more. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Yes. How many do I have? I usually know that number, but it's this is how
2: sad it's it's been since it's been so long since so I've cruised. You have, I don't, what twenty-three or 24? It's, it's something like that. Yes. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like when you hit that certain age and you don't remember how old you are anymore. You're like, wait a minute, when was I born? You gotta do math. That's kind of how it is for me cruising right now. Normally I'm like, Oh, I've got this many cruises. But yeah.
1: I haven't gotten to that age yet, Matt, but thank you for letting me know about that in advance. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 30, my, Matt,
2: maybe, maybe earlier.
1: Matt and I are about the same age anyway, so we're, the, the, we're both youngins.
2: When you're when you're younger and you do it, it's because you legitimately forget. When you're our age and you do it, it's because you just don't want to think about it.
1: Yeah, that's
2: true. my age a couple weeks
1: ago. <laughs> well, you yeah. Know. Um, now, again, today's main topic, we're actually going to step away from Florida for a minute. And if people want to go back to the wonderful vlog and podcast that we did on Florida, they can do that through the professor travel and go to YouTube in order to be able to do that or go on to the podcast. But today, we're going to actually talk about the USVI, which is the U.S. Virgin Islands. So I know, Matt, you've gone there before. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your understanding is of the U.S. Virgin Islands for my students who may know nothing about it. <laughs>
2: so the thing that i think is maybe the most interesting thing about the virgin islands is that it is technically part of the united states there are four i did this because i used to think there were three but i learned there's four virgin islands uh one of them is very small though but uh, and and so it's cool because they're they're caribbean islands they're in the heart of the caribbean i would say and uh, beautiful islands. so i To to be fair, I've only been to St. Thomas, but um, it is one of my favorite places I've been as far as cruising or anywhere, really, because it is just gorgeous, perfect environment. And the fact that it's a U.S. territory makes it interesting because, like, say, we wanted to move there. Like, we wouldn't have to do anything to get citizenship. You could just move there.
1: Yeah, that makes it fun. Um, Now. Each of the islands are a little bit different. Obviously, St. Thomas is the largest of those islands. Um, And then there's St. Croix, which is, I think, the second largest. And that one has um, some really old, really cool Dutch architecture. And it's got a beautiful botanical garden. Um, I think the third one that's the large one, uh, St. John, and that's got a huge um, national park as part of the island. And then the little one that you talk about is Water Island, which is off the coast of St. Thomas, where I guess, you can ferry there in about 10 minutes it's actually pretty fast to get to
2: yeah, just a, just a little bit of the island. It's, it, was, it was, I guess, kind of weird because it was sitting there under control of another country. And then in 1996, they're like, look, this is in your front yard. Just take it. So uh, now, <laughs> like, what are you waiting for, Water Island? Uh, uh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so now it's part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And the other interesting thing, I guess, about the Virgin Islands is that it is the Virgin Islands and... There's the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands. And they're really, some of them, St. Thomas, and so they're part of the same land mass. St. Croix is a different island, obviously. But um, they're connected physically, And then, but they're controlled by different countries, so they are different countries. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So that gives us a little bit of an up, uh, update. Um, let's talk a little bit about the geography. I'm going to jump over to Kimbra on this one now. Kimbra, we have... Obviously, the U.S. is around the area there, but there's a lot of other countries that are just, just within. I, I don't want to say driving distance, but I guess it would be sailing distance around the area. I'm
2: driving. Yeah, that's true.
1: Like, what are some of the what are some of the surrounding countries that you're aware of that are that are in the Caribbean there?
3: The closest one is probably Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna pull up a map that I had up here a second ago. Oh sure. Yeah, I think Puerto Rico is probably the closest one. And then, of course, there's Anguilla. I think that's how we decided it's pronounced.
2: (laughs) When when I looked at the pronunciation, it literally said, not to be confused, as Antigua. (laughs) So so those are two different places. We were trying to figure out, is this the two different places? And then right below that is... Is St. Kitts? Uh, Well, and and right there is St. Martin.
3: Oh, okay, St. Martin. Or St. Martin. St. Martin. Um, St. Kitts what is happening um guadeloupe so yeah right around there just a bunch of islands there's uh the dr dominican republic is nearish by too
1: okay and let me ask you both where do we fall on the is it k or is it key with some of those islands that are out there because there's a lot of them that are owned by different cruise companies and the like where do we fall on that
3: (laughs) I think it depends on which one it is. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess mostly key, but then there's like Royal Caribbean's Coco K. It has to be K because they say perfect day at Coco K. It Pat wouldn't Moon work K, yeah. if it was key. Um, I went on a cruise to Princess Key. And they specifically did like a presentation, and they were like, "It is not K, it is key." <laughs> so it's whatever you want to call it.
2: it would be weird if we call it the Florida Key. The Florida Keys would sound weird. Yeah, but, but that one
3: is specifically spelled keys.
2: That's true. true. <laughs> that's fair. But that's probably we just probably changed the
3: spelling. Probably because that's something. what we do.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've done a fair bit of research into this, and the reality is there's no right answer. It's, it's culturally different. So you can pronounce it however you want and um, nobody can tell you you're wrong. Uh, I usually try and, I usually try and squeeze by in the middle and say like half moon K E A.
1: It sounds like you've been drinking though. I mean, so I guess well, it really you know, does depend.
2: That's the so, one of the things you do want a K is you drink or a key.
1: Very good good point um all right let's switch back over to you matt talk to me a little bit about the weather now there's a couple of extreme climate variances that will happen down there obviously hurricanes will happen and um flooding i didn't know about this but there's an easy way to remember when, when the hurricane months were and i didn't I, I promise i didn't know about this until i heard it on your podcast <laughs> i, I I'm, I'm assuming it's common knowledge from people on the east coast but it's not something we would hear on the west coast um what is that term called
2: it's the if you're a fan on Friday the 13th. It's the Jason months. So... Uh, July, August, September, October, November. Now, I will tell you, living in Florida for about 20 years, that yes, the Jason months, hurricanes can happen, any one of those, but they seem to be more likely to happen during, I would say, September, October, November, Um, especially September, October, maybe a little bit of August, Uh, not as likely in June or July, not that it's impossible, not, it really is likely into november once you get past that first week or so september is really when it seems like they tend to hit but they can hit any time during that because basically what's happening is you just need the right conditions you need the the seas to be warm enough for that hurricane to form and that's that's when it's warm enough so now have in,
1: you are you familiar with anything during like the june time or december time
2: um there have been hurricanes during those times but i they're yeah they're very rare i think we had a we had a hurricane in june
3: last year m- last year yeah last year we had them from june through November i think they yeah. were crazy last year yeah
2: but uh but again that was kind of the outlier i think uh with it you know, it was 2020 what do you expect yeah
1: i was gonna say that thank you for stealing my thunder <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, what do you expect? In, like, it's the old. COVID years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in
2: January, we got a hurricane. Um, now now in uh actually in, in St. Thomas, they have a holiday on let's see, it's on uh the okay. fourth fourth Monday in July, and it's called Hurricane Supplication Day, where they pray to be spared from hurricanes. It used to be a paid holiday, but it no longer is. And then on October 25th, uh, it's Hurricane Thanksgiving, where they give thanks for not being hit by hurricanes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so that gives you a little idea, you know, that's like the fourth week in July. So that's into, is you're still in the Jason and then uh, the, you know, the last week of October. So it's before November and that's when they're, that's when they're thinking it is. But yeah, Jason months are what people typically refer to as hurricane season.
1: Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Now, let's dive into some culture, shall we? Because there's some really good things to have there. Um, Now, Matt, really quickly, um, in terms of the religion in the area, uh, I think it's a mix of Protestant and Catholic, but you said there's a larger-than-normal Protestant population, correct?
2: From what I saw, I did a little research on this, and it it looked like about 60% Protestant, and then I think it was 20-something percent Catholic, and then the other religions that they listed were all super low. Like I want to say less than 2% might've been a 5% in there. I don't, I don't even know if there was so yeah, but predominantly Christian and then it looks like majority uh, Protestant and then Catholic right behind it. Awesome.
1: And then in terms of the arts um, from what I've seen, it's pretty much local folk art, but then occasionally you'll see a, an actor that pops up like Kelsey Grammer, for example, who was born in the U S Virgin Islands and then moved to the States. Um, are there any other like like are there recording artists or other actors that you may have heard of that or maybe we would have heard of that you're aware of
2: i don't know of any um but i didn't even know about kelsey Grammer, so um. i don't know um one of, one of the things though that i, that I think happens a lot in saint thomas is you know one of the one of the ways that you can afford to live in saint thomas because the you don't necessarily make a lot of money with most of the Things you could do down there is if you are an artist. So, uh, if you are an artist that probably creates things that have a Caribbean theme, apparently there are several that live there that make a pretty good living um, living in St. Thomas making artwork.
1: Sounds nice. Um, now, Canberra, I, I think for the most part, the language over there is primarily English, correct?
3: Yeah. English okay. History.
1: Wonderful. But then let's just dive in really quick to one of my favorite subjects, which is food and drink. Sounds <laughs> fun. Um, share with me some ideas or some things that you see. I have put a couple on the screen here. Um, what are some food and drink that you're familiar with from down in the USVI?
3: Yeah, so that one picture that you have on there is a pate, which <laughs> is kind of like an empanada. Um, let's see what some of the others, polenta, which is, uh, like a dumpling. Um, there's a fish dish called fungi.
2: Yeah. I, it's,
1: it's
3: fish and fungi. F- fish and fungi.
2: Not, fungi. not to be pronounced, not to be pronounced fungi, like the right, mushrooms. That's, right. That's when I read it, I was like, Oh, it must be mushroom. No, there's no mushroom. <laughs> in this. There's no fungus among us in this. It's fungi. And that's polenta, like dumplings, and then like a salted cornmeal, and it's served with with fish fillets. Huh.
3: And then cow heel soup is one that you talked about, right? That's
2: odd. <laughs> it is odd.
3: What about as far okay.
1: as drinks drinks go what What would I want to enjoy to drink down there?
3: Uh, yeah, so two of the the most popular drinks would be the painkiller, which is like a pineapple. What else was in that? Pineapple, coconut, orange, orange, coconut. Yeah, it's like a frozen, yummy drink, um, and then the other one would be like a Bushwhacker, which is was that chocolate and
2: it's coconut chocolate Bailey's, Bailey's. Uh, vodka. vodka. It is. Yeah. It's a frozen drink too, right? Um, They both can be frozen. I don't think they have to be frozen. I think normally the Bushwhacker is served more as like a milkshake kind of yeah. a thing. I've had a Bushwh- Bushwhacker. I don't think I've had a painkiller. I've heard of the painkiller. Um, I met a graffiti artist in Saint Petersburg named Painkiller, but um, but yeah, the, the Bushwhacker is is really good. It's got all my favorite
3: yeah, things in it. Yeah, that's the one
2: I want. Yeah, and I, it's, You know what? Yeah,
1: considering I'm a chocoholic, I think I can agree with you on that. So, <laughs> um, but of course, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up rum because that's that's prevalent all throughout the Caribbean.
2: And I think there's rum in. In that, yeah, rum is definitely a, a drink that you will find there. Um, is that
3: in the painkiller,
2: it is in the painkiller. Yeah. yeah, not in the bushwhacker. Surprisingly, amaretto is the other thing that I was missing out of that one. But uh, one of the things that. Is popular in St. Thomas, not considered like a, an official drink, are banana daiquiris, which I believe are rum-based drinks. And uh, those – I haven't had one of those, but those I've heard are really, really good as well. There's like a car, like a trolley car you take up the mountain in St. Thomas, and uh, people go up there just to get the banana daiquiri up there, and probably for the view. But I don't know. <laughs> you can put it on the let's –
1: let's just just let's just jump over that for one quick second because we're getting into sports and recreation and of course sports obviously you have soccer and you have Scuba and snorkeling, and all these different water sports are there. You guys recently had done on Fantastic Cruising on your podcast a really wonderful review of all the different things, all the different types of excursions, and things you can do on St. Thomas. So, for my students that are out there, or for any of the listeners that are listening, please jump over to Fantastic Cruising. Do you guys happen to know like around what number that was? I I don't even, I'm sorry I put you on the spot for that one, but I, I
3: wasn't sure. Was, I want to say it was like three or four episodes ago. It is – I can find it real quick because I'm fast.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and, and there there are a lot of things to do in, in St. Thomas. And one of the beautiful things about St. Thomas is that it has that elevation. So, you know, some of the Caribbean islands have mountains. Some of them are very flat. We're used to Florida, which is very, very flat. So you, it's surprising when you get to an island like St. Thomas and you see – like mountains with houses on them. And and like one of the things that we talked about in the podcast is that a lot of people will stop at this scenic spot where you can you know, kind of overlook the area. If you go on a cruise there, there's a spot where you can look into uh, Charlotte Amelie Bay and there's two ports where cruise ships dock. And you, if there's ships in both of them, you can see both ships and they're, you know, they're fairly far apart in that area.
3: Um, Yeah, that episode is, depending on where you're listening to it, um, on iTunes, it's episode 82. We had a a mishap with episode numbers. On everything else, it's probably 81. It's uh, it's called What to Do in St. Thomas.
1: Got it. Wonderful. And thank you very much for sharing that, by the way. And I, I love that episode. That's why I wanted to plug it. It was a really fantastic episode. You guys did a great job on that. Oh, well, thank you. <clears throat> In reference to local holidays, normally with a lot of states, we don't have a lot of local holidays. However, however, the U.S. Virgin Islands does have a couple of holidays worth mentioning. Um, what was the first one, Matt, that you were aware of that we have this black and white picture down here at the bottom from?
2: So that is that is the Emancipation Day. Holiday is that is that correct? Is that the yeah, it's
1: done? when they lowered the flag of the Dutch and then rose the U.S. flag.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, that's not a man. Yes, that that is when that is, is that
3: transfer day. That's transfer, transfer day. day. Right. Sorry, yeah.
2: transfer day. Yes. So in the during around World War One, the U.S. said, "Oh, you know what? We need this. We need to buy this island as a strategic point." To defend the United States, so they did. For twenty-five million dollars, they bought uh, the British, the Virgin Islands, not the British Islands, and um, and yeah. So that then it became a U.S. territory. However, it was run by the military, and the citizens there were not considered citizens of the U.S. until quite a bit later, when um, they they finally got. They finally got a a governor to run their elected governor, and they got full U.S. citizenship. That happened, yeah, a little while after that.
1: And then they also have another holiday that I'm familiar with. Well, I mean, we've already talked about the hurricane holidays, (laughs) but there's also another holiday that I'm aware of, which is – I think it's like the unification um, or or territory – unification uh, between Puerto Rico and the US Virgin Islands it's kind of like a celebration uh, of those two coming together and and uh, you know respecting each other and and not going to war or doing anything <laughs> like that um, so it's it, it's a it's a it's a diplomatic holiday actually and I think that one takes place in October October. Are there any other holidays? You were saying Emancipation Day was another one that you were talking about? Yeah, or?
2: so yeah, so the, the the history of St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands is is there was a lot of there was a lot of European countries fighting over the Virgin Islands and so there were Colonies on Puerto Rico and different areas that were constantly raiding other places, and you know that, and and eventually that sort of got sorted out. And the British, be- or the I'm sorry, the uh, Danes became owners of it for a long time. So Emancipation Day is actually July 3rd, and they celebrate when all the slaves were freed, which to St. Thomas's credit happened before the um, before Denmark did it. So, excellent. That was kind of cool.
1: All right so let's talk about population um kimbra let's talk about population what was the approximate size and i'm going to say approximate because we're not sure whether it's just st thomas or whether it's the entirety of all the virgin islands but what was what was the population overall with the u.s virgin islands do you think
3: so i actually looked it up after we were talking about it when you guys were talking about other things so the total population about a hundred and almost one hundred and six thousand. Okay. Um, Saint Thomas alone is about fifty thousand. Okay. So Saint Thomas alone is almost half.
1: That is ridiculously huge for a small series of islands like that. But I guess you know when you you know your primary focus is on tourism and travel, you know it, it's not surprising that you're going to see you know a. a Fairly a fairly large amount of residents that are going to be catering, especially to the hospitality industry that are there. As you can see from some of the economy listed on here, you have companies like the Ritz Carlton, and Marriott, Westin's, um, Starwood, Renaissance, uh, Royal Caribbean Group has some uh, economic growth based out of the U.S. Virgin Islands. But then they still have you know your normal businesses. They have you know your Home Depots, IBM actually does a little bit of hiring down there. Uh, Verizon does as well. Uh, McDonald's, the government Government also has a, a pretty number, a pretty sizable number of things they do either through the U.S. Army that has a base down in that area, or alternatively through the government itself. A company that I was not familiar with that apparently. Um, does a pretty good amount of business down there is a company called, and I think I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say it anyways, is Diageo, um, D-I-A-G-E-O, and they are a distributor of alcohol, um, which would make sense if you're growing uh, sugar cane and you're exporting rum out of the area. But in addition to these, were there any other uh, companies that you may have maybe familiar with that maybe I am not I haven't mentioned that might be fairly sizable in that area? <laughs>
2: really the the main thing i i found is is the tourism industry which is i mean there's obviously the cruising industry normally is really huge there they can handle a few ships um but i mean st thomas is a great destination so like you mentioned all the different resorts and and stuff like that but then of course all of the other things the restaurants the shops the taxi drivers you know so much of economies and islands like that is dependent on tourism uh, because it just it just filters through all these different types of, of places and, and so that's the only thing i know of
1: okay let
2: me ask you a quick question
1: um specific to cruising um if i was to go to st thomas am i having to tender to the location or do they have an actual permanent dock where the ships can park at
2: they do have permanent docks yeah so, okay. but what you can't do is you cannot take a cruise ship to water Island because the cruise ship's probably bigger than the Island and you can't take <laughs> a cruise ship. That's probably not accurate, but it's not too far off. And you can't take a cruise ship to St. John because it's very protected. Um, okay. you have to go to St. Thomas and then take a taxi water taxi over to St. John. Uh, you can however, uh, you can port in St. Croix and I don't know for sure if that one is a tender port or not. I feel like it's not, but I am not hundred percent sure on that. I'll
1: have to do a little bit of research on that. I'm, I'm kind of curious.
2: Now in terms of, I think is what we need to do on that one, Scott.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In terms of travel and transportation, um, are you familiar with the, with the structure over there in terms of like, do they have a lot, do they have major highways? Like how, how is it structured out there or is it pretty much all just, streets.
2: So I can tell you um my experience being on the road in St. Thomas is is like a lot of places you hear about in the Caribbean it's crazy like they first of all they drive on believe well, in St. Thomas they drive on the on the other side of the road but they drive like you know like you're you're like how are we going to make it around this curve in this vehicle and then not only do you make it around the curve in the vehicle but another vehicle makes it around the same curve at the same time going the opposite direction you're like did, we, <laughs> did i lose something did we just do that harry potter thing with the bus yeah. <laughs> what just happened um it's crazy and the traffic can be incredibly dense uh there they do have an airport on saint thomas called Cyril E. king airport i think i'm saying that correctly and then they have one on saint croix Called the Henry E. Wilson Airport, and those are where you would, if you were not on a cruise, that's where you would fly into one of those islands, and then airports. Yes. Yeah, well, you're uh, flying. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess okay, we okay, should say well. airport, because flying into the island sounds a little bit like a crash. Dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, what's that? Um, uh, that joke. Um, Oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, it used to say a near miss when you have two planes, they have a near miss. There's that's a hit, a near miss. They nearly missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was a George, George Carlin. Carlin.
1: There you go. Yes. And then in terms of tourism, now this is a question that I'd like to pose to the both of you. When you think in terms of just your travels generally in the Caribbean, like what are your favorite things to do tourism wise?
3: Um, I mean. I like to be in the water, so I'm sure Matt's going to say the same thing. Snorkeling, diving, exploring, um, but I also like the beach. Matt's Matt's okay with the beach, but I enjoy the beach.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I I love the culture of the Caribbean. I like the food. I like the people. I like the music. Uh, but what really draws me there is is the the ecology, the wildlife, underwater especially, but even on the islands. You know, I, I just love that atmosphere. I do love the beach atmosphere. Um, what she's talking about is I'm not really the type that's going to sit and just lay on the beach for long periods of time normally. Um, but I do like to be at the beach, especially if that beach has crystal clear water with things swimming in it that I can go look at with my mask on. So, uh, but, but that's as far as touristy stuff, like that's what I think of in the Caribbean is, you know, you, you go there, you meet the people, you eat the food, you, you listen to the music, you experience the the wildlife. And, and, uh, and that's kind of the big picture for me, for the Caribbean.
1: Now I do want to, I do want to stress because I mean, people who have listened to my podcast know I'm a city person and I like doing things within a city. So I know that there are museums there. I know that there's history, very rich history to explore there. I know there's, as we said, food. I love, which I love. Um, do we know if there, like with some of the Caribbean islands, there's a pirate history. Do we know if there's any type of a pirate history with the U S Virgin islands or anything along those lines?
2: There definitely is in St. Thomas because one of the things that happened in St. Thomas when uh, it finally kind of settled down from European powers fighting over it is they decided to establish it as they started growing sugarcane and they made it a plantation place, unfortunately. But also, they, they were like, hey, let's open this up, make it a safe port for pirates. So there is a lot of pirate history there, uh, for, for better or for worse. Uh, that, that is a thing that is there. And uh, there are, so there are a lot of forts there that you can visit and that sort of thing. It is a very strategic location be- because of the elevation, because of just where the island is located. It's kind of in the center of the Caribbean in a sense, You know, just south of Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, but just north of all those kind of Southern Caribbean islands. So it's a really good lo- location for whether you're a pirate stopping off or you're trying to protect your country from pirates. Um, also you mentioned city. So the Charlotte Amelie is like the biggest city in in the, uh, Virgin islands. And that is the kind of port area between the two cruise ports. Uh, it's not what you and I would normally think of probably as a big downtown area, but it is often, I think referred to as downtown. And, um, it is a place that is fun to walk around. Like it's got, it's got a little bit of like old architecture where you're walking through and you feel like you could you can kind of imagine that you're back in the 17th century or 18th century as a pirate walking through these small skinny streets and alleys and the, you know, the the shape of the shops and and now there's still lots of food and different shops and stuff there. It's a really fun place to just go and, and walk around and explore.
1: Very cool. I like that. Now, in terms of the government there, it is the, It is a U.S. territory, so it is based on the U.S. government. Um, they're going to have to change their state seal now that they have four islands. so <laughs> um, And a lot of inlets, too, but I don't know if those all count. Um, but they have a governor. They do have representation in Congress in terms of they have, I think, one person who is a representative from the U.S. Virgin Islands. But they don't have senators, obviously, because they're not a state. Um, do we know if they are primarily, you know, conservative or or liberal? Uh, are you, did any of your research detail any of that?
2: I did see that they have they have multiple parties represented there. They do have Democrat, Republican, <laughs> and, and independent parties all represented. Um, I didn't see if they lean left or right or center or, or somewhere else uh, from my research. Okay. So yeah, I'm not sure. Not okay, sure. not a problem. But I, I know that they. I don't know how strongly they're trying to become a state. I know that's a big thing that Puerto Rico. Would, I think. I think Puerto Rico is trying pretty hard to be become a state to get.
1: get yeah, I think right now Puerto support. Rico and D.C. are the ones that are really trying to push statehood. So yeah, yeah. <coughs> so very cool. And then in terms of resources, now this is the one that caught me off guard because I'm normally used to when I'm looking at the different territories and states, I'm I'm trying to. Determine like, what is the chief export from a state? Like, what are the natural resources that come across? And so with a lot of states, you'll have oil or gas or uh, coal or timber or something like that. Here it's a little bit different because you have, you know, coral reefs and you have mango, mangrove trees, which are really critical to the ecology of the area more than anything else. Can you tell us a little bit about that since you are more familiar with – the generic um, understanding of why it is important to ecology to have both of these things in place.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is kind of my specialty here, right? So this is this is what I do for a living is talk about these these two habitats, are the main habitats that I really focus on because they are critical not just in Saint Thomas but everywhere in the world where mangrove and coral reefs exist. Um, coral reefs are represent um, about well what, I don't remember the number now it's like 1% of the world's oceans or something like that and 25% of species you see different numbers but it's it's a remarkably high number of Marine life that depends on a very small area in our oceans, and the thing to remember is that these coral reefs—they not only do they have the animals that that we think of that live on the parrotfish and the corals and the crabs and the sponges—but there are a lot of other animals that depend on the coral reefs as part of their life cycle. So you have animals that may spend part of their life cycle there, or maybe they're they're dependent on food sources there. There's a lot of plankton that comes off of or depends on coral reefs, and when we talk about, like, oxygen that's produced in the world, people tend to think of the rainforest. But in reality, a much larger percentage of our oxygen comes from phytoplankton in the oceans. And without coral reefs, that is a big hit to the phytoplankton. Now, the mangrove trees also are super important because the red mangroves, which is what's pictured here, have these what are called prop roots. And they create sort of this labyrinth under the, under the shallow water. And they are a nursery to... Lots and lots of species of animals, as well as a home, permanent home for others. That could be birds, that could be fish. But the important economic part of this is that uh, a good percentage of the the fish that are commercially fished for, that that people eat as a seafood source, spend at least part or all of their life in mangrove forests or mangrove swamps. So they're super, super important. They're also important because those properties they hold together the the um, substrate that's underneath there so it cuts down on erosion one of the things we did in florida is we got rid of them because there's like mosquitoes and they block the beach and then we found out that you know water moves earth if there's nothing to hold it in place and that gets really expensive and also you lose a lot of your your animal wildlife which can be bad for the economy as well as just the ecology of florida and uh mangrove trees because of all those roots and and the way that they're kind of cemented in when a hurricane does come through Mangrove trees and coral reefs are things that can take some of the energy out of a hurricane or a large tropical storm and can reduce some of the damage from those events. So both critically important. And for as far as the St. Thomas is concerned, I mean, the, the reason that people go to St. Thomas is it's a Caribbean island. The reason the Caribbean islands are so beautiful is because of their, their wildlife, their nature. And the coral reef is a huge, huge part of that. I don't think that they would have near the tourism that they have if they didn't have the coral reef system and they wouldn't look the same without their mangroves.
1: I would, I would definitely agree with that. And thank you so much for sharing that. One thing I also want to share about your podcast is that you, uh, on a weekly basis, do a wonderful segment called The Cruise Creature. And um, thank you again for giving me nightmares about the parrotfish and the sand that I put my feet in. <laughs> um, so if you want to understand what that's about, please listen to their podcast, and they'll tell you a little bit more about that. Now, in terms of the education, um, really... With the U.S. Virgin Islands, there's really only one college to speak of there, and that is the uh, University of the Virgin Islands, which was established in 1962. But, Matt, you're familiar with the literacy rate there as well, correct?
2: Yeah, apparently they have a 90% literacy rate, which is awesome. Pretty good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially for such a remote place. You know, It's really great that that's the case. And then in terms of crime statistics... Um, now, again, I understand that this is part of the U.S., so of course, you know, there's, there are guns that people have there, um, but in terms of foreign and domestic terrorism threats, there's not foreign or – domestic. like, I don't – think of any like large scale foreign or domestic terrorism threat that has emerged out of the US Virgin Islands that I'm aware of at least
2: I don't really yes. know of any in the Caribbean that I know of I mean there may be something I'm not aware of but yeah I don't I don't think that so far fortunately and hopefully it'll continue they have they have not been targeted in the Caribbean I mean if any of them would be I guess maybe a US place would but I don't think there's a lot of strategic value to that so well, and there's a oh,
1: huge military base there too. So, well,
2: that that's true. That's, that could be, that. <laughs> could be
1: a deterrent. Could be deterrent, yes. <laughs> so, um, I do want to touch base with you guys on one thing before I let you go, though. Um, you guys obviously have a great. Uh, series of, uh, of fantastic items uh, around the internet. <laughs> um, you have Fantastic Studios, which is a wonderful YouTube channel that you guys have cultivated and created, which has amazing content on there, has wonderful uh, you know videos of your trips. I recently saw um, something on there um, with regards to a rather large river potato. Um, <laughs> so if you're interested in those, lovely creatures you can go see that um also you guys have the fantastic cruise community on facebook uh but then of course how i got introduced to you the podcast of course but uh kimber you guys have one other thing that you guys are doing now Uh, talk to me about fantastic travel
3: yeah so we are also travel advisors so we can book all of your travel needs we are focused on cruising but we can do everything um so that's that's fantastic travel
1: Awesome. Thank you again, Matt and Kimber, for sharing that with us. Um, again, to my students that are out there, if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to send them over to me, scott at Professortravel.com. Again, Matt and Kimber, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank,
3: you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Scott.
1: Now, for my students that are still out there, if you're on YouTube right now, hit that bell icon right above you in order to be notified about when new videos come out. If you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost extra, and we really appreciate the hit. And then, of course, if you like this content and you want to see more of it, give us a thumbs up. But if you're listening on the podcast, by all means, please feel free to rate us, review us. We really appreciate any feedback. Feedback is a gift, so thank you so much for that. So until next time, I am Scott. I am the Professor of Travel. I
0: make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at theprofessortr1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.